Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so that you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, countless exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that thrives on you not really getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love, play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give you a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get the top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts that have been on the show, and you will see what simple health can be. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 57. In today's episode, I interview author and naturopath, Dr. Ron Schmidt. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode to learn Dr. Ron's most important lesson, as well as what you can do for your food rights. Alrighty guys, and on the line today, I have Dr. Ron Schmid on the Bare Naked Health Podcast. Now, Ron, first question that I ask everybody is, do you wouldn't mind sharing your health journey in 10 sentences or less, please? <laughs> 10 sentences or less? Approximately. I got interested in uh, how to use natural foods and supplements that were based on natural foods back in the 1960s when I was in my tw- uh, 20s, mm-hmm. my, pretty much my early 20s. And uh, ever since then, whenever something goes wrong, I uh, I try to figure it out. <laughs> and uh, at a certain point when I was 30 or so, I, I decided that I could help other people doing the same thing, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm 70 now, I keep having problems, and I like everybody, and I keep having to figure them out, otherwise I wouldn't be here. <laughs> so, uh, there's, your, there's your 10 sentences. <laughs> well, what would be, what do you think is maybe the most important lesson that you've learned, uh, either when practicing or just working, like, just trying to figure out things for yourself? Everything that you eat has a profound influence on what's happening in your body but and your health. But even if you eat perfectly, which is a trick, and there is such a thing as eating perfectly, if you really understand the principles of human diet, uh, you can figure that out. You can still have all kinds of problems if you uh, uh, either either use drugs, sometimes prescription drugs. People can be messing people up with them without them realizing it or sometimes they can be taking too much of uh, a given supplement, let's say, and, and uh, a, a, even a natural supplement, and create problems that way. So everything that goes in your mouth is, has a profound effect on your, on, your, on your body and your health, and everything that comes out of your mouth has a, a really an equally profound effect on your life. So those are the two things that you have to control, what goes in and out of your mouth. Words being comes out. Yes, I've never thought about it like that. I mean, that certainly will have a profound impact on life, health, just everything in general. 
do you have any? Do you, you you said that like there is a way to eat perfectly? Would you describe what what you feel that that is? By studying the history of the human diet and what healthy people throughout the ages have eaten, one can discover the principles that need to be understood in order to eat the very best best foods that are available today. And that's what my book, Primal Nutrition, is all about. I studied Weston Price's work uh, all my life and uh, other nutrition pioneers, but he's really the most important. And when you understand the principles that he discovered and then apply them to the foods that are available today, you really do come up with um, a way, I've come up with a way of eating that works really beautifully for for anyone who applies the principles, that doesn't mean that everyone would have the same, exactly the same diet. But the, right, the right. principles could be the principles can be applied in a wide variety uh, of ways as far as what we actually eat. But understanding the principles is paramount. And the, and the most important thing in the principles really is the essentiality of, of, of a certain quality of uh, basically grass-fed or wild animal source food as the mainstay of the human diet. Now, earlier you talked about, um, okay, you, you kind of keep learning, fixing things for yourself, and that's why you're, you're still here uh, today. What would you say is maybe your biggest current health struggle that you're trying to work on, whether that be anything with diet, like anything going in or out of the mouth, or just anything else that's uh, on your plate right now? Well, I overdosed on, on uh, do, do you know what the so-called fermented cod liver oil is? And I, I read your story on this, but if you wouldn't mind expanding and sharing for the listeners so they could hear it then too, please. Well, I, I used a product uh, that was called fermented cod liver oil for a number of years, and uh, unknowingly uh, it turned out that it wasn't really fermented. It was rot and contained, uh, uh, my understanding now is that it contained substances that are, that are, that are harmful. And mm-hmm. uh, that became a problem, and, uh, and I have basically had to uh, figure out how to recover from that. Once I, I discovered it, we, we stopped using it. And uh, But there were certain problems developed from that that I've had to deal with. And what did you learn from uh, going through that then? Well, the most important thing I learned was that I, I, I should be more careful about adding things besides natural foods. <laughs> uh, you have to be very careful about what you use in terms of any kind of food supplement or so-called special food. Um, you have to watch out for sales gimmicks, and you know I kind of uh, bought into um, uh, promotional notions that this is a superfood and was super good for you, sacred food, things like that. And and uh, you have to be a little. I know uh, I need to be a little more careful in terms of what I get into with that. My, I I was not sufficiently. Uh, I didn't do my homework properly. I didn't really. Yeah. Uh, think enough about what I was doing, and my thinking was sloppy, and uh, I paid a price for it. You know, so the, the the lesson really is don't be don't be lazy, don't be don't be arrogant, <laughs> don't be lazy, uh, because uh, pride cometh before a fall. And you know, I kind of thought I knew it all. Oh, this is wonderful for me. I'll just uh, take a lot of it, and uh, I didn't really do the kind of uh, careful. Uh, study that I should have done about it before I proceeded. Look before you leap. So then, what is your take now on, not necessarily fermented cod liver oil, but just cod liver oil in general? 
Cod liver oil in general, when it's when it's properly made, uh, uh, top quality products, which uh, which we we carry. My company does carry a couple of cod liver oils that are outstanding. Um, you know, Dr. Ron's Ultra Pure, um, and uh, I use a, a small amount of that judiciously, and then it's a wonderful food, special food, and and can complement the diet, um, particularly uh, for people who might not be getting enough of. Uh, some of the nutrients that are found in cod liver oil, so it's, it's a it's a wonderful addition when used carefully and, and judiciously. Excellent. Yeah, because that's I was looking at those uh, on your site then too. Because it, it, as you said, it almost just like doing the homework, looking at everything, like it makes more sense. Like, well, to, not necessarily a fermentable food, but to get a good, high quality like. Uh, form of just liver or uh, the cod liver oil in general can be very beneficial with all the fat-soluble vitamins. Yeah, or, organs and glands are special foods. They they really are great foods, and we've used them for years. We we import uh, uh, 10 different organs and glands from New Zealand and uh, encapsulate them as, as products, uh, adrenal, brain, liver, spleen, et cetera, um, sometimes in combinations, thyroid, thymus, uh, Organs and glands are, are great uh, and unique foods, uh, but you, you kind of need to um, uh, use them wisely, let's say. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm conventionally raised animals. I really wouldn't want to eat the organs and glands from conventionally raised <laughs> animals because of the they wind up concentrating the pesticide residues and so forth. We use strictly organic uh, grass-fed um, products. Uh, freeze-dried uh, organs and glands from from uh, animals that really have been raised properly and are and are superior animals. Do you feel that there are any where if okay somebody's looking uh, maybe they they're not able to get all of them or are there ones that kind of give you the most bang for your buck if you will uh, when starting to take any of the organs or glands? I used our uh, combination. We we make a combination product called. Organs of Light, which combines uh, actually nine different organs and glands. Okay, and, great. And, so you get a little bit of everything. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a way of getting a um, – we, we estimate that it takes about an ounce of, uh, of fresh raw tissue to concentrate into six freeze-dried capsules. Mm-hmm. And uh, so using three to six capsules a day is a way to get the equivalent nutritional value of, of maybe three to six um, – a half ounce or an ounce of of fresh uh, organs and glands. So it's a it's okay. a nice complement to the diet. It's a way to include organs and glands in the diet. And that's something that I mean I can get heart easily. I can get liver easily. I enjoy those, but a lot of the other uh, organs and glands are oftentimes just hard to come by, especially like exactly. getting grass fed forms. So I'm that that that's why I'm so interested in that because. I know how important all of them can be, for sure. Yeah, people seem to do very well with it, really. People use that as part of a nutritional program that, that seems to make a difference for them. So, Dr. Ron, what is one thing that you see that's even too over- overcomplicated with health that people should really just try and simplify a little bit more? Well, that's a good one. I don't know. I <laughs> I, from, I think that the workout thing is overdone, frankly. I mean... Exercise, Please share, yeah. All that, you know, I mean, sometimes a nap is a good thing. 
but in general, uh, getting out for a walk in the sunshine is a wonderful thing, and uh, I'm not sure that you need to go to a, a gym all the time or uh, work, do things indoors. I mean, I think it makes more sense to get outdoors and, uh, and you know, uh, electromagnetic fields and sunshine and fresh air and all that. Um, so I, I, I don't like to overcomplicate the, the exercise thing. And I also believe in finding something that's fun, that's really like to do, as opposed to uh, kind of having to discipline yourself to uh, do this or that or the other thing because, because it's uh, supposed to be good for you. I think if you eat really right, that your body pretty much takes care of itself and that uh, and you add on to that just doing some things that are fun that involve moving your body around. I mean, I think it's fun to take a walk in a nice place, and uh, I like to play tennis, so that's a that's a, a way of uh, exercising automatically um, in a way that's a lot of fun. I agree with you 100% there because oftentimes patients will ask me, okay, well, yeah, what do I, like, what's a good exercise program? What's something like a good routine that I could start with? And for the most part, like, most of them that are asking this aren't doing anything. And I'll say to them, get outside and go for a walk every day. And you see them time after time, they ask you the same question, and they still don't want to do it. But when you set it right there, it's, it's a simple thing. Hey, go for a walk. It's free. You don't have to worry about driving to the gym, doing anything like that. Uh, but it's, it really is underrated, and it makes it so much more simple. I'm not sure why people don't want to do that. I, I know what you mean. I'm not sure if they – I think some people actually get kind of bored. You know, they're they're so used to having input all the time, maybe the television. Uh, you got to be able to live with your own mind sometimes and not, not have constant input. So going for a walk, and, and then half the time you see people out for a walk and they got a headset on and they're listening to something or another. You know, maybe part of simplifying is uh, – toning down some of that. Well, for yourself, I mean, okay, that's like your uh, movement simplification, but what are other things you like to do for fun besides maybe going for a walk? Is there anything else you just enjoy? Well, I like to learn, and so I'm uh, kind of a book guy. I I like to read things and get involved in a subject and read a lot about it and uh, see who the experts are and what they have to say. So I spend a great deal of time with books. I, I, I love tennis. Uh, I love to work on my game and uh, and practice and uh, and play. Uh, I like the social aspects of it, and I like the challenge of it. So sports and books uh, are really big things for me. But, you know, moving my body around and, and studying and learning um, are the are the ways that I that I spend my days. So, do you have a current area of study? Something that you're really diving into, reading a lot of books on? It, that, it, it moves around, but I'm interested in in, uh, in the world, <laughs> what's and what's going on in the world, and uh, what different uh, viewpoints to have to say about it uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, contemporary history and in the context of uh, in a, sort of in a historical context. So I've I've read a lot of books about history over the years and, and, and studied uh, events. I'm interested in politics and. Uh, current events and what's happening in uh, marketplaces around the world because that's really uh, a reflection of what our society is doing, uh, kind of uh, looking at how, how people have taken ideas and, and built them into successful companies uh, the way I have, really, on a, on a smaller scale than uh, uh, Henry Ford, but um, still <laughs> doing the same thing. So what, what, um, 
innovators have done uh, fascinates me. And looking at uh, innovators today, people who are coming up with new things and, and finding ways to uh, get them out there and, and uh, create jobs for people and create new industries uh, like computer industry and the blossoming in the 70s and 80s. That all fascinates me, really. And, and uh, the whole... Uh, picture of what what allows that to blossom and, and what doesn't and, and what kind of political systems strangle that and and what kind of systems encourage it so that it all kind of you see how all that ties together really when you when you look at the big picture and and dig in so are there any innovators today that you really like to follow or any companies that just really intrigue you by what they've done and what all they've accomplished well, I, I I'd be hard pressed to name uh, specifics, but there there are people always doing things that are new. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, they have this uh, 3D manufacturing now with uh, uh, using using computers to actually build things, to lay down frameworks for making uh, products that used to be have to have to be made other ways. I mean, uh, things like that. You know, different different new technologies that uh, people do. Uh, to to uh, to develop. Uh, I mean, just look at what's happened with with uh, telephones. And, and uh, I mean, think of uh, I'm holding an iPhone in my hand and, and talking to you without a without any wires anywhere, and I carry it around. The house <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the can you can do things now. I mean, we put together a conference last fall for for a foundation that I'm involved with in a couple of months because of the. Uh, because we were able to communicate so quickly and so easily with with uh, with smartphones and and email, uh, we were able to put together a conference for a couple hundred people and uh, eight or ten speakers. Uh, three days in Massachusetts for the Paleo Primal Price Foundation. Uh, in two months, that that you normally or or in the old days would have taken at least six or eight months or ten months to do. That's an example, really, of, of what people are people are doing things today with an efficiency that um, was literally impossible without the technological uh, and, and idea revolution that has taken place constantly um, over the decades. When you think about, you know, I was born in 1946, and when I when I think about or look, even look at pictures of what was going on then uh, compared to what's going on now. I mean, it's, it's just amazing what we what human beings have developed, and it's really the the innovators, it's the people who who come up with uh, challenging new uh, worlds to conquer and, and and ideas to develop and and put into play, and uh, you know, and they do it because they they're fascinated by it and and it's interesting, but they do it also they do it to make money, they do it because it's there's an incentive to get out there and and do something new that that people need and that they can they can sell for a profit and and uh hire people to do it and it, i mean that's really what's made america great greatest country in the world that is absolutely true i couldn't agree more uh, you know and right. even now today in the in the in the uh natural foods uh world you have you have raw milk farmers all around the country who are just dying to do wonderful things with with uh fresh raw milk and artisan cheeses and and uh, grass-fed meats that are produced on the farm and available directly to people. And the only thing holding back that revolution and that success is, is the bloody government. You've got bureaucracies and, the, and the, uh, the jerks that get involved in 
bureaucracies too often and keep keep innovators back, hold people back when they want to do things. That's why we that's why we have uh, the problems that we have today. We got millions of people who aren't working because they don't have to. They can sit back and collect them from the government instead. And the government holds back innovators like raw milk farmers, for example, with regulations and bureaucracies under under you know, they come up with excuses for it. Well, we won't we we gotta keep people safe. We can't let them drink raw milk force <laughs> it like that. Right. So so uh the enemy, unfortunately, is too much government. And, you know, government is supposed to be for the people, not to oppress the people. And the situation has been reversed, and it's a real problem. So, Dr. Ron, I want to be respectful of your time here. Uh, I know we only had a short time together. So one last question that I'd like to ask you, and that would be, what would your vision be for a healthy future, both for yourself but also for the planet? And maybe, say, 10 years, 100 years down the road, what would that look like? Well, I think the only way that we're going to survive as a viable, happy culture is to get government off our backs. We've got, we've got to be willing to stand up and fight against the people who want the federal government to run our world and take power back to the, to the, to the states and to the people and stop the bureaucrats from running our lives. And, and until people understand that, it's just going to get worse and worse. And, and I think the situation is very bad now. It's hard for people to start companies. It's hard for people to succeed. It's hard for people to get to get ahead because the government's got its hand in everything. And, and unless that changes, uh, the future, I think, is very bleak. And, and in, in most parts of the world, it's very bleak because you have more and more government. The United States is sort of a, a bastion still uh, in spite of the efforts of people who would have it be otherwise. Phillips is a bastion of freedom. But unless we have freedom, we have nothing, right? And freedom, food freedom is part of that, you know, and and the right of raw milk farmers to exist and and sell their products and the right of people to eat foods that they choose to eat and have those foods available. That's just part of a bigger picture. People need to understand that if we we don't get the government off our backs, we're not going to have anything. And going off that, would you recommend, I mean, is that at least a big part of the food? Is it really just getting out and voting with your food dollars? Uh, any other ways that we can go about really just trying well, it's, to? It's, it's food dollars in part, but it's also understanding that we have a, a uh, how do you put it? I mean, without being over, I mean, overtly political, frankly, we have one major party in the United States, the Democratic Party, is is dedicated to basically the enslavement of Americans. They, they, they're, they're, they're out there basically saying more government, less freedom, more taxes, more, more ability for Washington to run the, the lives of people all over the country. And if people really look at things and understand that, they're going to wake up and they're going to vote against it, and they're going to vote for people who, who, be, who believe in freedom. Right? They're going to vote for people who are going to get the government off our backs and and return power to the people. And uh, I think that, uh, so it's, ultimately it's political. Ultimately it's people understanding that if you vote for more government and more taxes and more uh, nanny state uh, stuff, that you're going to wind up with nothing. Okay? Because that's, 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 that's history. If you, look at, if you look at countries that have done that, that's the dustbin of history. The communist countries, the socialist countries, they all go down the tubes because it doesn't work, and they go down the tubes with hundreds of millions of dead people because it creates uh, wars. And you look at 
the history of the 20th century and 100 million people dead in world wars and so forth, and they're all caused by basically states that believe in huge amounts of government controlling people's lives. So that's, that's, that's the bottom line. So understanding, understanding getting, getting into an under, uh, a way of looking at, at things to understand what's really going on I think is essential. Food dollars, voting with your food dollars is, is, is a big part of it, but there's more to it than that. It's, it's understanding what's happening in kind of the big picture, too. Well, Dr. Ron, this has been uh, an amazing talk. I want to say just thank you so much. And really, well, where can our listeners, I appreciate it. Well, please just share. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Uh, I know you have uh, websites there, books. Uh, you want to just quick share those so that everybody can go check those out, and I'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes for everybody as well. Well, thanks. Our, our website, uh, drrons.com, D-R-R-O-N-S.com. Um, my books are there, and I suggest people read Primal Nutrition. Uh, and, of course, The Untold Story of Milk, the other book I, I wrote, has got a lot of interesting history about raw milk and, the, and the, a lot of the political stuff that went on about raw milk over the decades and, and how, again, the government has taken people's freedom away uh, and, and tried to, their best to ban raw milk, uh, which has been uh, really a terrible thing. I mean, it's, but it's a fascinating history. Um, and Primal Nutrition uh, is the story of my lifelong interest in the work of Weston Price and other nutrition pioneers and how I, how I used the information I learned from those people to put together um, sets of, a set of dietary principles that anyone can take and uh, if they study it and understand it can, can utilize to, with proper discipline and, and attention to detail, can, can utilize to create a diet for yourself that will enable you to live in health. There you go, everybody. Make sure getting out, standing up for what you believe in, making sure you go and check out Primal Nutrition, uh, see what Dr. Ron has to say about raw milk. Uh, and I myself, I'm going to have to look into all of those glandulars as well. Well, thanks for having me on your show, Nick, and good luck with what you're doing. I think it's great, and I, I wish you the very best with it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get your top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts to help you simplify your health journey. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Also, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. Mm-hmm.